0: that's in a way when I think we are misguided when we start feeling anxious or we start experiencing panic attacks. We read, oh, let me have the strategies. Let me have this. Let me have, all right, what am I going to do? But we just add on more noise. We more, you know, more shaking up more. Well, okay. So, uh, what this diet changes and what's my routine and what am I supposed to do? And how do I change this thought? I'm going to replace it with something positive.
1: Welcome back in, my friends, to season two of the DC 360 podcast. I told you I would bring in fun, exciting guests, and I have my homegirl, Lily Sice, like rice, here (laughs) with me today. And uh, we're going to talk about everything. Lily, I I love your work. I love what you're doing with anxiety, health anxiety. Um, I love what you're doing on TikTok, Instagram, like... Oh, I just love it.
0: (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I love your work. I love your podcast and I love what you're doing on TikTok and Instagram. And I've loved when we've got to collaborate together.
1: Oh, heck yes. Oh my God. So how did you get involved in all this work? Like we know each other, but I never, I don't think I've ever like asked that question of you.
0: Well, for 12 years, I was a school psychologist. So I guess how I got, I loved kids I mean, I still do, but it was actually funny. So last week, as you know, but not everybody knows, I was participating in Michael Neal's Emerging Voices and his two lovely dogs were there. And um, one is named Lily. And I I love dogs, but it was funny. Now that I'm 40, I was like, I have zero desire for a baby. And I had a desire for a baby since I was like 13 or 14. I used to want to have a 24-hour daycare. And now I look forward to being a grandma, but I'm also like, I think I'm into dogs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was my connection with that. But love kids. Um, only wanted to be a mom. I was like, um, I mean, so superficially, if someone's like, what would you want to be? Like a model. So people are like, you're pretty. Um, like, I mean, as a child. But so my only career aspiration was a mom. And then when I knew I would have to work, I was like, oh, I'm going to have a 24 hour daycare. And then I, um, you know, got a degree in early childhood education and started working in a preschool and it was not developmentally appropriate. Um, uh-huh. and what do, you, what do you mean? So when I went, I went to, um, I, I went to through a program at UCLA, um, on, uh-huh. um, early childhood education. And so they would talk about, um, developmentally appropriate, in the ways that they weren't. So starting off I was like assigned three babies and um and then one of my babies, um, I guess like bit another baby. So the woman who used to be in charge of my kids came over and was like yelling at him. And he was like in the high chair. And like that's not developmentally appropriate because a baby doesn't know. You know, you're not gonna come in and yell. And so I stepped in, um and there would be uh we heads, and there was a bunch of different instances when uh, one of my, I was an assistant. I was just like learning. And so one of my teachers, uh, this was when they, then they had me leave that room because (laughs) that teacher that got mad at me. Um, So they moved me. And the woman would say, "Okay, here's a sticker for you. Here's a sticker for you. No sticker for you, Danny. You were bad no sticker uh, for you. And she'd say, now you do it. This is how to reinforce the behavior. That's not developmentally appropriate. Like that's not uh, the right way. And so I'd say, I'm not doing that. Um, and she'd be like, okay, so it would be my turn. And I'd say, here's a sticker for you. Here's a sticker for you. And, uh, I give everyone stickers. And then after when she would do it, I'd come to your back behind her back and I'd give you a sticker. And I was like, <laughs> you're cool. Like Because I just see kids being kids. Like they would have just, so, uh, Yeah. And then the final thing that got me to leave. So they moved me to another room because the, the woman who was the administrator had been with me at UCLA. And so she's like, we're, it was a, a Baptist preschool. Um, so she was like, we're moving over. We're gonna, we're you know, taking a long time for the older generation, but like stick with us. And so she's like, let's go to a new room. So it was my third room. Um, and there was a girl who was Touring with her mom, and it was the first time she was ever gonna be away from her mom. And so they said, Oh, go. I think this was before they found a room for me. So they were like, Be with this mom and this little girl. So I was with her, and uh, I think I just held her, and we hung out, you know, as her mom toured the school. And then the next day, it was like, It's gonna be her first day away from her mom. And she's, but they told her, she, me, she wasn't gonna be one of my kids, so she wasn't gonna be in my care. I was assigned like three, I don't know, whatever other kids. So the girl comes in and she runs to me and she just wanted to stay with me. And they were like, she's not your girl. Like she's not in your care. And I'm like, I I can do it. Like, let me just comfort her until she adjusts. Like, let me just, cause she just wanted to sit on my lap and they were like, "She, she can't be near you. And I wow. was like, oh, but what they told me before when she was touring was when she gets so upset and she cries so much, she throws up. So we kind of knew that. And so the day she was touring, there was no crying, there was no throwing up. Like we were just hanging out. So hmm. I, I feel like I saw this bigger picture of like, eventually she doesn't need to be in my care, but like, can I make her transition easier? They said no. They would not let her come anywhere near me. Whoa. And she threw up so much, she. She cried so much she just threw up everywhere. And they were like, here's the kitty litter, because that's how they like cleaned up throw-up. They were like, go clean up her throw-up. And she was just crying and wanting to be with me. And I'm like, what is this strange? This is so so dumb. Like, why are we gonna go through policies when we could make a human being's transition a first time away from her mom? So I was 20 at the time. I uh picked her up after I cleaned up the throw up. And I like ran to the administrator's office, like crying my, I, this was where I didn't hold it together. 40, 20 years later, I, I would have been much more eloquent, but I was like, this is it, I quit. Um, and I said, <laughs> I was like, I, I can't work here anymore. And I said, and I'm gonna hold her the whole day. I quit, I'm not being an assignment and I'm gonna us stay here and I'm gonna make her first day easier. Um, but I was like sobbing, you know, which is like not really uh... <laughs> but and that day I said, I wanna go back to school so I have a degree and I can have like one I, I knew I needed I wanted to grow so I could express myself without crying. Um I could I could advocate for what I wanted without getting so emotional. And I could have more background to advocate for what I knew in my heart and also in my education was true. Um, but I also felt like, well, at twenty, with with that, so then I went back to school and I got um, I had gone to like a UCLA extension and got my degree in early childhood education. But then I went back and then I felt motivated um, and I was like, I want a higher degree, and so I went and I had just a little bit I graduated with honors with a degree in psychology and then went on to get a master's and become a school psychologist. Um, oh. But I think it really um, motivated me in that way. And then I was a school psychologist. I loved um, I, I loved working with kids and I think especially being a working mom, I wanted to have a career that would allow me to, I gotta pick up my kids and let me have the summers off um, yeah. and still help kids and then, Um, I had my own mental health struggles with anxiety and panic attacks. And I loved working with kids, but I got excited when I found the three principles four years ago that changed my life. And like, I realized I wasn't broken and kind of embodied a lot of stuff that I knew in my heart, but that I forgot. And I got excited to share it with adults. And during the pandemic, so many of us were online and, I, before I'd always wanted to, or not always, but I, I'd i wanted to do some groups and I'd done a few, but I always thought they had to be in person. Um, and it was hard of like, how am I going to be a working mom? And like, when am I going to run these groups in person? And then the pandemic, I started virtual and, and I started just sharing on TikTok. And then a lot of adults our age were on TikTok and were on Instagram. And I think for me, um, Instagram you know, two years ago was more photos, was more like static or, you know, and I always felt like unphotogenic and like didn't just like this one image. And TikTok lends itself to me being goofy and making a minute video or a 10 second video and like talking about sometimes tough subjects, but in a silly lighthearted way. And I had been doing that forever. In the school, I taught sex ed um, or I assisted teaching sex ed, and then I did teach sex ed, but starting my intern year, I taught sex ed with like 50 styrofoam penises to special education, <laughs> we a period talk. We talk about intrusive thoughts in my counseling, like cutting suicide. like. So I was very comfortable with counseling and with talking about that. and And that's where I'm at today. <laughs>
1: wow like oh my gosh like like i want to get to where we are today we will get there we will get to like the tiktok we will get to the silly videos how we found we will get to that but there's something about what you were saying that seemed like a catalyst for you is when you went through that experience with that little girl Mm -hmm. it's like I mean, you wanted to have a 24-hour daycare, and that, that seems how kind of we all kind of want it, right? Like, like not a daycare necessarily, but we have something on our mind that we want to do. We go out and we're like, "Hey, let's just get a degree and do it," which is really cool. And then you went and work for this place, and you're like, "Yo, this is not developmentally appropriate." And that developmentally appropriate is so crucial in my world. Something else we we'll definitely have to get to. Um, having these three-year-old twins and everything. Uh, but but just to know that you went back to school so that you could serve this community. You served that community and then you found this next level for you. Like that, I, I can't express how like how cool that is for me as somebody early in the podcasting game, early in some of these, like the the parenting game. It's really cool to see that We don't have to be static that things can be fluid and dynamic And the thing that I love about you most is that every time I talk to you you are yourself Whether I see it in the videos or I see you in a class where you're leading the group you you are yourself Um, Tell me like a Little bit about how all this played out in your own life with your own kids because like I, I know you Lily right now you know, at the top of her game, but like you said, like there were some things that you went through and I would love to, if if you would elaborate on those for us.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think having one child was a lot easier for me than having two. And I was working with Dr. Pettit for almost a year last year. He, we just ended our regular sessions, him being my mentor. Um, and Dr. Pettit, for those of you who don't know, is an amazing three principles, practitioner and retired psychiatrist who has probably just turned 80 around now. Um, and he shared that a lot of clients that he had or patients who had ADHD, that it became so hard when they had the second one or for some of them, that it was like something about that second child. Um, and it. And I'm not saying that for anybody that's listening that's like, well, I have ADHD and now I'm scared for two children because when I heard that, uh, it like was a sense of forgiveness for myself and understanding because also there was other factors that were going in. I didn't have this understanding. I didn't know how beautifully we're made. I didn't understand thoughts. I didn't understand mind. I didn't, you know, not to use those, those words. Like I had no grounding in this. Yeah. Um, also my children's father's time was starting a new business. There, there was a lot of stuff, but like, so my experience with one child was different than having two. Um, so I feel like with my first, it was, it was much more like the dream that I pictured it and the ease and, the, uh, got to be silly and got to be myself. And yeah, there was definitely some worries for her safety, but like it was, and then with two and I didn't also, I had my own struggles with, um, with what I now know as health anxiety. So I, did, I lost my period for like three years. And so I couldn't even get pregnant, wow. but like the parenting part of that was still, I don't know, maybe I'm looking at it with rose colored glasses anyways, but, uh, <laughs> by the time I had my second, my daughter was seven. Um, and, and that was when I was not the parent that I am that I am today. I mean, some of the time I was. Some of the time I, you know, I was actually just talking to a client who herself had postpartum anxiety. Um, and she was really regretting um, some of that experience. And I said, when I think, sometimes I do feel regret and like, oh, I wish it was different. I wish I knew now. I wish I knew then what I know now. Like, I, I wish I had a different experience. I also know I'm looking at it with like dark colored glasses that there was so many amazing moments with my son and my daughter. Like I was a great mom, but, or, and not a, but, and I was in a much more state of anxiety. Um, and because of that, I also was really, really irritated. And then I hated myself so much because I, I just felt so extremely uncomfortable a lot of the time, like with my anxiety that I would get really overwhelmed with the, the crying. My son also had digestive issues. Like it was this whole thing. And I was so like using my intellect and obsessing over everything, um, that I was in such a bad state that, um, Especially driving, I still had a lot of driving anxiety. And you know what it's like to have two kids in the car. Um, and especially if they're babies and they're toddlers and then they're crying. Like it was it my nerves felt exposed. I felt incredibly unsafe and incredibly uncomfortable driving. So I'd yell. Like that was when I'd mainly yell was in the car. Um, so I had a a phase of yelling. Then I hated myself. I'd go to bed every night, like just being like, You're not the mother you can be. You know, like you heard the story, like, this is me. Like, I felt like also before I worked at the preschool, I was a nanny. Like I babysat that I had three kids that I nannied for consistently. They were, they were at my wedding. Two of the kids were in my wedding. So oh, wow. <laughs> all I ever wanted, like, I was just like love and light and with kids and didn't care if I was dirty. And then I was like, all I ever wanted was to be a mom. And now I had two kids and I was fucking miserable. And, and like, so. I would do a lot of things. Like I bought one book that was like how not to yell all these strategies. It was like, wear, have them sometimes wear orange. So you'd be like, (laughs) um, I did a lot of peaceful parenting courses, um, which was all had good intentions, but I'd listen to the hour long lectures. I'd meditate. I'd have my special time with my kids, but because I didn't, I didn't have this understanding, like my well being wasn't there. And then I'd like yell again. And I and I and then I just was like, felt so hopeless because I was like, I'm doing the meditations, I'm picturing all the things, like it. none of it mattered because my state of well being wasn't there. <laughs> um, and so that's how it's different. And then there was times, you know, where obviously we were laughing, we were connecting, but like, I don't do any techniques not to yell, and I haven't for f- four years. And I and I bec- my state of well being is just so different, so I'm better able to handle sometimes even feeling overstimulated with like a bunch of teenagers now and kids in the car. Um, I love what you're
1: saying. I love what you're saying from the standpoint of, like, this is what I keep running into with um, parents that kind of sort of understand um, this understanding. And the understanding is essentially you are sitting in your own well-being right now, um, whether you know it or not. Uh, The things that you are currently doing are to serve you in some way, whether you know it or not. And the moment you like take your foot off the gas pedal of uh, it has to be this way, things different things can and will occur to you. And that's what Lily in some ways is talking about, whether and, and what it sounds like is before she had this understanding, like she said, this was already working and playing out in her life. Right. She was a nanny. She went from a nanny to this daycare where she had this experience where I'm assuming in the experience you weren't you were crying. You weren't excited about it. You, it wasn't <laughs> this you weren't. Going, oh, yeah, this is going to be the experience to change my life, you know, but it did. And then you went on to help more and more people through this. Like now, understanding is something that you just recently picked up over the last few years. And I think it's, uh, let me just say this and we'll move on. If that piques your interest and that's anything that interests you at all, is knowing more about your well being, you could reach out to me or Lily um, and we will definitely help you out with that if it piques your interest at all. Um, Yes. I'm sorry. I had to, I had to throw that in there because we keep, like I, I bring it up on every podcast. I talk about it a little bit here and there, but you just never know if there's a new person in the audience and you never know. So yeah, I was going to ask, what is your, um, how do you coach this, teach this to other people? Maybe that's the best way to. That's
0: a great question. Well, I think I have a conversation. Um, so I, when I first started sharing on social media, I it was very well received, so I had a lot of clients. And um, it's funny because I feel like what I was sharing before, and when I was reading parenting books and I was doing all these programs, I didn't need anything on parenting. Like it had nothing to do with my parenting. Like as you're talking about like my quote unquote parenting, which I was doing as a nanny, which I was doing as a preschool teacher, like it's not parenting in a way, It's it's living and loving and and connecting with humans and using your wisdom and common sense so it was misguided it was well meaning but it was a misguided attempt because what i truly needed was just to raise my well-being so my anxiety could fall away my panic my obsessions my could fall away and then my wisdom and common sense that i knew since the time i was a little girl and would babysit my brother And would babysit my cousins and then became a nanny. Like, that's all I needed for parenting, you know? Um, So, that's in a way when I think we are misguided when we start feeling anxious or we start experiencing panic attacks. We read, oh, let me have the strategies. Let me have this. Let me have, all right, what am I going to do? But we just add on more noise, we more, you know, more shaking up, more well, okay, so uh, what this diet changes and what's my routine and what am I supposed to do and how do I change this thought? I'm gonna replace it with something positive. How I talked about with just like knowing how to connect with humans, little humans. Um, and some of that we can, we can. some people, that might not be their gift is, of connecting and so they can definitely have that. But like our ability to come back into balance, our ability to get over ourselves, our ability, like, Lots flow all on their own. So I think it's how I really see it is just pointing people as cheesy as that sounds like pointing people back to their true nature, sharing, sharing stories, whether it's of me or stories I've heard or stories I've read about. So when I guess I coach people, I show up, I listen, I share some stories, you know, they might have an insight. And then we, we talk about kind of what's true. And, um, and I allow them to to just uh, I guess to settle down and for their thoughts to clear, and then like I always point them within, and sometimes it's it's remembering how, and then and then they just come up with it too. Oh yeah, well I handled this really well, and um, and I guess sometimes it is like just allowing their mood to rise, and then they have these creative solutions, and they start kind of putting things together. Um, I could say more, but I'll, but I'll stop there.
1: <laughs> well, I, 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 I want to hear more. Like I, I would love to keep going. I'm like looking at the time. I'm like, yo, how did that just like fly by like that? The time just went by. Um, but it's just, as you said, it's living and loving, right? It's like living and loving. And I love that uh, you dropped in and you were able to share a little bit about who you are, where you come from. I know more about you now. Like I knew about the child psychology thing, didn't know about the UCLA thing, right? I did not. Like so, it's it's so fun getting a getting to take a deeper dive with friends, and colleagues, um, especially people who understand that we are sitting in the middle of our well being, and it's just a matter of raising that and seeing that. And once we see that, uh, things change for us, like nothing inside, but everything outwardly. Is, is there one piece of advice or one thing that you would love to share with people before we hop off of here?
0: boiling it down to one thing. Um, (laughs) Anytime you don't feel good, pay no attention to what you're thinking. <laughs> um, you know, and don't try to solve anything. Don't entertain worried thoughts about your kids or your work or how you are as a partner. Um, I, I think like that was mo- so many nights I'd go to bed feeling like I just go over um, the ways I could have been better, and I and I'd feel bad, and I thought that was kind of agreement of like, yeah, you were shitty. Um, and, uh, and I don't do that anymore. <laughs> um, but I also know like, you know, when you feel low and I don't do this anymore either, but it, my mind would be like, well, let's worry about everything. Like, and let's think of all the bad things that could happen to you and your children and your loved ones. And now your parents and like, it was like, oh, you know, and so if you don't feel good, which happens to all of us, cause we all go up, we all come down, just kind of wait you know, and you'll come back up. And I think one more thing is, um, in terms of parenting, because I'm still a human living life and having kids that like, when I realize, oh, I'm thinking I'm going to my brain, like my brain is so limited compared to this expansiveness of wisdom. So say for example, if my son had a phase of like not wanting to go to school and I feel like he was skipping, he was like staying home from school once a week. And then my brain was kind of thinking, Especially as a school psychologist. It was like, is this school refusal? Like, what should I do? And then I, I caught on to it and I'm like, I'm not gonna go to my brain. So I just kind of left it. And I was like, I put it up to wisdom, you know, of like and common sense. Like, if there's something for me to see, I'm just gonna let it go and, and see what comes. Cause that's how we get creative ideas, creative solutions. And I and I and I did have a thought, oh, I'm gonna talk to Dr. Pettit about it. But then I thought, let's just wait. And what came to me was it's not a problem. And I was like, I was kind of surprised. Um and then it didn't and it, and it fell away. Um, but I guess also I did have some, some, some thinking about when my son was playing video games and was really into, um, Fortnite and we were butting heads and I couldn't really see clearly on it. So I did talk to Dr. Pettit about it. And I did talk to Dick and Bettinger and, and I, and my understanding and acceptance of it rose and like I think we were talking about this on the phone. Like, and I don't know what happened, but it no longer seemed like a problem. And my son, I was in a better state. And because I think I was coming at it from a more like curious, open minded approach, I don't know how it worked out. We had a conversation and we naturally had a win win. So when my kids were little, even though I talked about me yelling, I was also a really great mom. And there were some great books that I read. And a lot of what I would do was a curious approach. And I would, talk to my kids, and we would try to get to a win-win. And so without even thinking of it, I didn't need the book then, but I guess I'm sharing this of, I'm not thinking I'm ever beyond not wanting to talk to somebody that might have a deeper grounding on something, you Mm -hmm. know? And so because I don't, I'm still a human and sometimes I can still get tripped up and I can still like hold my hand in front of my face and not see clearly. And I love whether it's having a conversation with you or having a conversation with a mentor, like, ah, oh, so maybe I can have an insight that can allow me to see some clarity. But I guess it's not in a problem solving, like I'm broken way. It is like, um, I, I I, guess I've found reaching out to the right people has been able to allow me to tap into my own creative solutions, my own innate resilience, um, and the power of me changing my own energy and thoughts around it, how that can transform the conversations that I have with my partner or my children, like for the importance, but not importance in a stressful way, but like how cool it is. If I can get into a good place and show up that way. Um, And and I don't beat myself up if I'm not always in that place. Sometimes I just wait, but sometimes I'm like, I, I need a little, I need to talk to someone maybe that has a deeper understanding. And then I get to that place and magic happens and, we, we get along better.
1: I love that. Oh my gosh. So I just took away from that. It's okay to be okay. It's okay to ask others when you don't feel okay. Yo, what do you think about that? Or not, maybe not what you think about that, but, um, just asking them what they see in an area, because when we come to the table and we see something different, that's the that's the way we change. That's that's the way we. Yeah, that's the way we change, as you said. Um, so, yes, Lily, thank you so much for dropping in. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and imparting this like like I, 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 re, I see my my parenting situation in a different way. So I'm, I'm very thankful.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I'm such a fan of yours and your podcast. And so I'm I'm happy to have this conversation. Thank you for having me on.
1: All right. Y'all have a great day. We will talk to y'all next week or next time, I should say.